The Retro Lounge is a look back into the archives of the Recruiters Lounge podcast with Jim Stroud and Karen Matinen. The Recruiters Lounge podcast posted weekly between the years of 2005 and 2010. With energy, wit, and opposite points of view, <laughs> Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed, debated, and squabbled like children over HR issues that affected the workplace and society overall for the benefit of all who would listen. This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge originally aired October 24, 2007. The title was Plagiarism, Age Discrimination, and Sleazy Recruiter Tactics. The description reads as follows. I invented outsourcing and other strange tales. Jim Stroud and Karen Madden discussed plagiarism, IBM's attempt to patent outsourcing, <laughs> Google allegedly giving an old guy the boot, and sleazy recruiter tactics. Listen to what we said way back in 2007 after these special messages. Hey, what's the best platform out there to help automate initial phone screens? I found exactly one result. It's First Screen True Talent at www.firstscreenme.com. Great, but the calls need to be self-served by candidates when they're available. Correct. It's True Talent at www.firstscreenme.com. And I need to be able to record my own voice. Uh, are my speakers broken? It's still true talent at firstscreenme.com. Right, but it needs to do reference checks too. You're starting to really irritate me. It's still true talent. And of course I have to be able to listen to the original audio as well. Yes, yes. Still true talent. And it needs to be able to do high-level analysis on all my candidates as well. Okay, that's it. I can't take any more. Shutting down. With tens of thousands of completed calls and years of research to back it up, First Screen is the award-winning pre-qualification platform to quickly check candidates' soft and hard skills as well as references. See a demo of True Talent on our website at www.firstscreenme.com today. Find your True Talent with First Screen. And one more thing before we start the show. Do you know about Glossary Tech? Glossary Tech is a set of free online tools that help non-tech people understand complex technical terms. The toolkit is widely used by sourcing and recruiting communities worldwide, including recruiters from Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Microsoft. With no investment in marketing, its website that offers a glossary of IT terms and a resume scanning tool gets 7,000 unique visits every month, not to mention the Chrome plugin with over 13,000 installs, more or less. If you'd like to get your brand in front of recruiters, sourcers, and trainers from Europe and the USA, consider becoming a sponsor of Glossary Tech. Check them out online at glossarytech.com. That's G-L-O-S-S-A-R-Y-T-E-C-H. Just like it sounds, glossarytech.com. And now, on with the show. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to the Recruiter's Lounge. The Recruiter's Lounge is a podcast of news, interviews, and commentary on the recruiting industry. And it was designed with you in mind. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the Recruiter's Lounge. 
This episode of the Recruiter's Lounge is brought to you by Affinity Circles. Affinity Circles connects over 13 million people through an exclusive network of online communities representing leading academic and professional organizations. With in-circle recruiting services, employers can target quality passive candidates and benefit from trusted employee referrals. Learn more about what we do at Affinity Circles by visiting their website, www.affinity.com. Affinity Circles is not just who you know, it's how you know them. Hello, welcome once again to another exciting episode of the Recruiter's Lounge. I'm your host, Jim Stroud, and back with me in the lounge, you know or you love her, Karen Madden. How are you, Karen? Oh, I missed you. It's been oh, so long. It's been so long. Yeah. Insert violin music here. Oh. Whatever. Okay, I need some <laughs> tea for that wine. <laughs> That was kind of painful. It was. That was kind I'm of painful. Sorry. Uh, so, what you been up to? Well, um, been busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of like got to keep that, you know, quiet right now. Yeah, I understand. Things coming up. I understand. I understand. But I've been busy and well, exhausted. We'll leave that where it is. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I heard something pretty amusing. Well, you know, I'm online. I live online. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I read all these different stories. People send me stuff and. Uh, I, I got some this interesting news story from, um, or I think I found the Al Gore section of my uh, bookmarks. <laughs> um, let me quote a little bit from this article. Um, IBM has decided to drop a certain patent application um, for uh, different reasons, um, which I said, okay, I don't know how big a news that is, but when I read a little deeper into it, I sort of like had that Scooby-Doo look like, Hoop! and do you know what they were trying to patent? What? They were saying that they had invented the practice of outsourcing. You're kidding me. No. They said, we invented outsourcing, and we're going to patent it, and anyone who tries to outsource their services will have to pay us X amount of dollars. Oh, I bet people are <laughs> mad. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Actually, you know, as I read this article, a lot of people, especially in the tech community, have been laughing about this. It's been sort of like one of these inside jokes among uh, geeks and people in the know. And it's also like, I mean, I'm sorry, but in our own industry, that's kind of like funny, though. It's like there's people who say they invented sourcing. Well, well, well. I'm sorry, I had to well, bring that up. I mean, it's like, yeah, peanut butter and jelly, the kind of thing, you know. Yeah, that's hilarious. But, I mean, how can you say, it's almost like, what is there, it's that saying that there's nothing new under the sun. You know, it's hard to say that, I mean, I don't even know how IBM really had the, should I say gall or gumption or, I don't know. It just, how do you say you invented outsourcing? It's I been around since... That- Business. Nobody else had patented it, so they could go ahead and try patenting it themselves. I guess, but I mean, after a while, especially after so many years, I mean, is is it still patentable uh, that, that sort of process? I mean, that, how do you patent outsourcing? I mean, yeah, it's that's like the thing. It's like after it becomes such a trend within an industry, okay, or um, or in society, it can no longer be become patented. It's like somebody trying to patent the alphabet, right? Huh. If they use it all the time. There's got to be a point where after we, you know, they say, hey, this is part of a routine or a system, then there's no way you can patent it. But they must have thought they could try it, man. You know, if it had actually come about, that would have been, that would have been just too weird. Cause, I mean, that's so, I mean, what would happen, like, every time somebody tried to uh, take on a, a, a vendor, 
in another country, then they would have to pay IBM a tax on that? Wait, you know, this reminds me of something, and it goes back to sourcing, okay? Mm-hmm. Where some, it was like a, a network or something, okay? I can't remember, it was some big, huge network. They had decided they were going to try to patent anything to do with job searching. That if you were looking, you know, utilizing any search engine to find people and candidates, that they would get paid for it. What? I remember the whole story about it. Yeah, I remember this. But the story came about about two and a half, three years ago. And they were pat- trying to patent basically that a kind of a formula that if you utilize this Internet process or anything on the Internet and we're using utilizing jobs, then they own it. I remember yeah. that. I wish I could remember that story. I should. Oh, i got to look. You know, you know what? Another reason why I'm sort of scratching my head is because and this is kind of weird, but um, I'm a big fan of, of comics, as, as, you, as you know. You know, Batman, yeah. Superman, Spider-Man, we, we go way back. Yeah. Anyway, um, what you're saying there and this IBM outsourcing reminds me of an episode of Batman the Animated Series. And okay. people who are into that cartoon will know what I'm talking about. Well, there's this character called the Joker. Right, mm-hmm. and he's you know known for doing wild and crazy things. Well, he was trying to patent fish, and he was trying to make it so that anybody who ate fish would have to pay him money. Okay. And people said, and Batman, people looked at him like you're crazy. And Batman is like, I'm gonna put you in jail because you're crazy, whatever. Uh-huh. But that's what that the whole IBM thing trying to patent outsourcing reminded me of, like the Joker trying to patent fish. And or then sue the people Donald who ate fish without paying them first. Or Donald Trump trying to patent the um, you're fired con- comment. I think he would have had a better chance. <laughs> he might. Just because, he's, you know, it was it's a catchphrase, so he well, might have had a I better mean, we chance. we all say you're fired to someone. I mean, hey, Juice, I say you're fired to myself at least once a day. I mean, seriously, I fire myself. If not, I quit once a day when I look in the mirror, okay? We should look that up to see how much time has to go by before you can actually patent something that's become in the public domain. Because I think outsourcing as a, as a process or as a service is definitely something that's in the public domain, like fish. <laughs> you know, maybe you, can, maybe you can patent, you know, a special way of cooking fish, mm-hmm. you know, like I guess like Captain D's kid patent how they make fish and also treatures and long like junk silvers. Well, Kentucky, well, they don't patent their stuff, but like Kentucky would patent their recipe. Yeah, so I can see somebody patenting their special way of preparing the fish. Mm-hmm. But to say that they own all fish or that they own all outsourcing. Or own certain words. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, that one is pretty popular in our industry, too. Some people say that they own specific words. Uh, uh, something's in the in the public domain after a while, especially if it was especially if it predates them being, if it predates their practice of using it. Yeah. I think that'll be hard for them to pull, to prove that in court. Yeah, I, like as I said, let's go back to Donald Trump and you're fired. I mean, that was kind of amusing when he tried that one. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what are we supposed to tell our candidate, um, people and our employees from now on? It's like, um. I'm sorry, but I have to let you go. Uh, I want to say you're, but I can't say you're, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Take this little piece of pink paper, and you'll figure it out exactly. as you're walking out the door. Here, here, yeah, see you, bye. <laughs> you know, you're from the blank. Say that word, you know. <laughs> no temper, no anger. You'd have to control your anger from here on out because you don't want to pay, the, you know, that little fee there, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. And how would, by the way, how would you be able to go around collecting on that. You know, 
I don't know. But you know what? I have this mind for weird little references sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this is another little reference. I, I mentioned the Batman fish thing. Now I'm thinking about Dr. Evil. You, you, know, about, you know about Austin Powers? Uh-huh. In the very first Austin Powers movie, mm-hmm. Austin Powers and his son, this is like such useless trivia, um, but Austin Powers, I mean, uh, Dr. Evil and his son, Scott Evil, are in, are in family counseling. And so Dr. Evil is talking about his um, his upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, and he talks about how his father was was uh, tortured him when he was little, and and would say things like, "I invented the question mark," <laughs> you know, <laughs> and whenever I about IBM saying, "I invented outsourcing," oh. you know, and I'm going to patent outsourcing because you all should pay me for inventing outsourcing. I, I was just like, flabbergasting. That is flabbergasting. <laughs> that, that, that was kind of kind of weird, but I, we're, we're going along on this anyway. Well, but, you know, but this is kind of interesting because it kind mm. of leads me to something. I'm not sure if you may be aware. Mm. But, Tell me, because you know how swamped they get. I sometimes yeah, lose track of what's going on. There's an interesting controversy going on in the Internet right mm, now. Okay. School me. Well, it seems that someone is accusing another person of plagiarizing training material. Oh. Did you mention this to me earlier? Um, I think I may have. Okay. Go on. Okay. But I'm not mentioning names here, okay? Mm-hmm. I could say that it's just so ridiculous in regards to the athlete, I mean, in reading what I'm reading, I gotta ask. I, I, it makes me scratch my head and and say, I think you mentioned something once long time ago. How many ways can you recruit someone? Right, right. Well, I mean, how does one plagiarize training material? Like, let's say, for example, getting past the gatekeeper training. Even salespeople like Zig Ziglar has training classes on how to get past gatekeepers or, for example, recruiting training, how to recruit someone. I mean, we do that every single day. And so how does a person say that somebody's plagiarizing specific training? Maybe the words I could understand, but I don't think this other person, company who's accused of being plagiarized, I can't see them doing that. There's no need for them to do it. Okay. Well, let me play devil's advocate here because you know we like to go back and forth on, on these kind of mm-hmm. controversial issues. It may go back to, like, the, 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 the fish thing. Now, if someone can copyright how a fish is prepared, mm-hmm. but you can't copyright fish itself. Now, is this the thing you're talking about? Uh, is it a thing of someone's complaining about how their fish is prepared and they're using the same recipe, or is there, are they mad that they're using fish? Well, you know, and then what's ironic is when you read the comments made, it makes you wonder, did they even re- listen or attend this person's, this other company's class? Because, I mean, and based upon the verbiage, or just, maybe it's just the title that they were using, because mm-hmm. I don't see any kind of comparison or similarities you know, because it's the generic, it's just like basically generic training. I mean, how to basically recruit or hire someone, okay? And so my question is, now, I don't know if this person attended the classes or not, so I can't assume that, okay, mm-hmm. to see if this other one. But, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, scratching my head, and first off is saying there's no reason this other company would have done this. I really can't see that. There's no need. But, number two, I can, I'm kind of questioning how can one basically – say that they own training in in aspects of recruiting processes. There's only one way to recruit candidates. You get on the phone, you interview them, and there's only so many ways you can interview a candidate. You go ahead and you say, do you do this, how you do it, this and this and this, and ask questions. I just, I, I mean, how many ways can you interview a candidate? Hmm. 
So it goes back like, to the to yes. It's like it's something that we've been doing for hundreds of years, right? Mm-hmm. It's been something that we've all been doing one way or the other, and you know, I just I was flabbergasted by this. It's like you really, unless they're trying to maybe it's the name that they're looking at. I don't know. Even I mean, that, is it a, is it like a verbatim thing, like? Uh, it's one nothing. person says do step one, do step two, and another person says do step one, do step two. Is I, that? I didn't see that. I didn't see it. And in, 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 when he compared the two, I didn't see it. So you didn't see where one person has one, two, three, and the other person has exactly well, the same one, two, three. And I didn't take well, I didn't take the class to hmm. say that. But you know, the question is, man, and it wasn't. They didn't define. And that's what's interesting. There's no definition of how it was plagiarized or what was plagiarized. There was no definition of that either, which I find is interesting. If you go, if somebody's going to accuse someone of plagiarizing, wouldn't it be good to define what, where, how, and when? I would think so. Okay, and so that was that to me. It kind of makes me question my my head and go, hmm. But it's like, but still, I mean, there's 26 or 28 steps in the recruiting process, and they follow a one, two, three, four, five, six process, you know, down the line. You can kind of stray a little bit from one to the other, but they pretty much have to follow the routine and process. So still, it's, to me, challenging to understand how training can be completely copyrighted. Maybe the words, yeah, but not, well, I shouldn't say copyright, but plagiarized. A training, I just can't see how the training itself could be. Because especially since you're, you're training somebody, you're using your own verbiage and your own formulas, basically. Interesting, interesting. We're going to talk more. We'll probably debate that more and more offline, um, especially if it's what I think you're talking about. We'll definitely talk about that yeah. uh, a bit more more detail later on. You know, someone was telling me, was showing me this list of the uh, best companies to work for. Uh, you, you see these lists; they come out all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll say, you know, so and so is the greatest country company in the world, and so is the better company in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and and one one company that usually is on that list more often than not is is your favorite search engine, <laughs> <laughs> Google. Oh, you did it! Well, I'm going to say the name. Okay, I'll say the name. Okay, well, maybe maybe one. Okay, let me. I, you know what? I'll I'll rewind. And you know, one of these companies that. <laughs> Well, it's already done now. No, go ahead, go ahead. You can say because it's public knowledge. That's right. It is pretty pretty much knowledge. But um, uh, one thing that I read was that uh, that company had a particular lawsuit, and it's you know it's kind of funny because when you once you get to a certain notoriety, a level, you know you're going to get lawsuits regardless. Mm -hmm. You know, someone crosses the street and steps on your toe, and they're an employee, and they want to sue you. Right. You know, so I mean, some of the stuff that they get, I'm sure, is like. Uh, whatever, you know, kind of thing. But one sort of uh, sort of struck me as kind of odd. I sort of did a double take on it. And um, I wanted to share it with you here and get, get your opinion on it. Okay. Um, in a nutshell, um, supposedly this guy um, was um, got the boot because uh, he was too old. And I thought, that couldn't be right. So let me just read you a couple lines from this, this article here. So the state appeals court reinstated a fire's manager's age discrimination suit. A state appeals court reinstated a fired manager's age discrimination suit against Google Incorporated, uh, saying a jury should hear his evidence that a supervisor told him that his ideas were quote too old to matter. 
and that the giant search engine company gave its older employees lower ratings and lesser bonuses. I thought, that doesn't sound right. That can't be true. And then I thought about how uh, there's a lot of talk about the, the baby boomer mm-hmm. uh, generation aging and 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 how there's going to be a, a talent shortage and and I and I hear things about how to really beat the talent shortage. All you could do is just hire you know mature workers mm-hmm. who've already done it. But when I read it, I thought, well, that can't be right. So that's that's neither here nor there. So I only can say at the reading this article, that's just allegations because I I don't know if that's really true or not. But um, because you never you read something in the paper and you hear an allegation, so you don't really have both sides. So you don't know. But the whole thing about it, though, I thought was strange. What if it were true? And what if it wasn't Google? What if it was some other company? What if it was several companies? And they were looking at uh, their demographic of workers, and they want to seem like they're the hot, young, hip company to, for whatever reason, you know, that they think that looks sexier to advertisers or their consumers or whatever, mm-hmm. and they start um, adjusting their uh, web page to reflect a younger demographic. There was a site like that one not too long ago that I wrote about on one of the, on the you know, recruiting forum things, right? They had this website, and this company was doing this kind of a promotional video, and I swear to goodness, not anyone in there looked under the age of 35 or 30 even. And this was this is where again? This was on a, this was the link was actually on one of those recruiting bloggers blogs, one of those things, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, they had this a they they brought up um, this this link and say, hey, isn't this kind of an interesting way to advertise your company? Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, and I looked at that, I was like, I came back with a response, is it just me or did anyone over there look over the age of 30? And then I was like, people came back and said, no, it wasn't just me. But it was weird because, I mean, they were doing this huge singing, kind of a dance, kind of a groove thing in there. And I'm like, wow. Huh. I mean, you're talking exactly with what you're saying. I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, no, 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 no. Maybe that wasn't. I mean, hmm. Was it going down the line you were going? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's true. This it's like, for example, a lot of people my age would look at that and go, "I don't want to go there because I wouldn't want to fit in." And know, uh, I mean, I know I wouldn't want to fit in there. And then people who are younger definitely would want to go in there because it's like so retro, cool, man. They like listen to the music. It's like rad, man. I want to be there. I'm like, like you know, going with the coolness there. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, let's go back to what you were talking about with this particular situation. Mm. I've been watching this this particular case for a while, and what was ironic is the guy, the first judge said, no, we don't see discrimination. Right. He appeals it, and the other judge is like, the appellate court says, oh, yeah, there is. There was total proof. I mean, the guy got moved. It's like he got moved into this demotion-like position with nobody to oversee and everything else. And it's like almost like if the company was trying to almost push him out. That's my perception. This is not real or not. This is just a perception. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, we won't fire you. Well, you will you please quit? Kind of attitude. But I mean, it was like two people said to him, "Hey, you know, one of his boss said you do good work, but you're fuddy duddy." Another individual basically said, "Yeah, you're just too old." <laughs> He came out and said that. Well, pretty much. Like, he's like an old geezer or something like that, you know? And it just kind of, like, goes, makes you wonder, like, okay, 
did they think it, it was the atmosphere and environment? And by the way, one of the people who said he was kind of like old, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't that much younger than he was, or older actually. With the way we're pretty close in age, which kind of makes you wonder though. Was he jockeying for position to get rid of his competition? No, he was a supervisor. Oh. So the one makes you wonder, though, on this whole thing of a business situation is, do people think this person's old because that's the environment they created? Oh, so it could be a culture thing. You know, here in the States, and this is for the benefit of those who aren't here in the States, but if you look at our our, our regular uh, TV shows, it's always geared toward 30-somethings and younger. Mm-hmm. You don't really have a, a fun show um, that's really geared towards know the demographic. I mean, there are a few exceptions. And, and actually, are, are you a fan of The Office? I am. The last episode I saw, uh, I think I'm up to date on The Office, but there was one particular episode where um, the one of the temps who used to work for The Office gets promoted to the executive suite. Mm-hmm. And so now he's coming and he's bringing all these new ideas, like a new fancy website. He wants everybody to have Blackberries. And some of the younger people in The Office are like, okay, cool, whatever. But some of the older people are like, I can't even use this BlackBerry. It's the buttons are so tiny, I can barely see the screen. And they bring up a case of age discrimination. Now it's a comedy, you know. So they 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 went over the top with it a little bit. But um, it be kind of wonder, but you know. When I read this, when I read this this article here and think about our culture overall, I mean, are we so youth obsessed and conscious that it's you know evil to be older? You know, and that's a good point because, I mean, let's take a look at something here. How long would it take for someone to learn how to use a BlackBerry? Number one. Or number two, is it even necessary for them to have to use the BlackBerry to do the job right or do the job well? Okay, so let's say that they find that it's necessary. So, okay, so the guy may be older. He may be a little bit of a fuddy-duddy. But how long would it take to go train somebody to use a BlackBerry versus trying to bring somebody brand new to train them to use to do the whole darn job? Exactly. And, you know, and you're right. I mean, it has become this kind of a culture because one of the issues, I think, is that the youth are almost scared of the person who's older. You think so? I do. Where do you get that from? Well, the reason is, okay, now I've got three kids, okay? Yeah. And they, I mean, I've got to tell you, I mean, my 22-year-old is, love him to death, great kid, okay? Mm. He does well at work, very, very smart, very, he's always there. But you got to, I mean, these kids are pretty much slackers. <laughs> I mean, compared to, like, well, we were like at that age when we were pretty kind of slackish. You, you know, I'm about to say that. You know what you sound like? You sound like somebody in the 70s who's no, a hippie. No, I mean, we were kind of don't trust anybody over 30, man. Yeah, but no, come on. <laughs> They're the establishment. But, okay, hey, I didn't go back home to live with mommy and daddy at 22. Yeah, well. Okay, come on. Now, let's okay. get back to Well, you, you do have some of that. Here. A lot of that. Well, there's, yeah. The boomerang yeah. kid generation. I mean, these kids, it's like, okay. And there's a lot of excuses, okay? Like, finally, I finally got my kid out of my house. Okay? <laughs> finally. And finally. Hope, uh, I wonder if they're listening. Say hi. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> mean, I, I don't mention names there. I finally got him out of my house. Right. You know, and he is living with several roommates. And they're shipping in. They're chipping on the bill. He is going to school, so it's not about money, okay? It's not about can't pay for the bills, okay? It's like, I, you know what I think it is? What? What do you think? We it is? overprotected these darn kids. 
Ah, uh, tell them to pull them up, pull themselves up by their bootstraps and do it like we did. No, 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 nothing like that. Now, this is the generation of kids where it's like, okay, you have to have kids on board signs. This is the generation of kids where you used to, you know, instead of, you have to have all these helmets and this and that just to go skating down the street or walking down the street. It's like the you want to wipe your kids the sanitary napkins that have, you know, what do they call that, antibiotics. Bacterial soaps. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, oh, you know what? If they, if they had this kind of thing back then, they probably would be using it back then. I have then. a question to ask you. Yeah. Did you ever die from picking up something off of the street and eating it? <laughs> I didn't make it a practice to pick but things off the street. But we did it as kids. Uh, I mean, did we ever die from not being in seatbelts? Well, really? How many accidents really did happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, but again, though, I mean, why? What's wrong with taking an extra precaution? Well, no. We, I mean, those things are in place. See, but like like the seatbelt law, I mean, some of that's in place because I guess people were suing car companies for the cars not being safe. Okay, granted, but I mean, we've gone to like baby on board signs for goodness sake, or let's not allow the kid to have sun in its face. We gotta have the little visors and little. Oh my gosh, I'm like. Let them kids scratch one in a while. Actually, I'll tell you, because we overprotected them. Like, even let's just take the um, anti, the anti, uh, what's the word I'm looking here for? Antibacterial soaps, for example. Right. I mean, these kids become sickly because they never get any bacteria in the body to learn how to go ahead and defend from it. Well, that's the kind of like where I'm going with this. Okay. Our kids have become so overly protected that they can't even go sign up for college without mommy and daddy being there to do it for them. Well, I have heard of, of different um, uh, job fairs, or not really job fairs, but uh, interviews where the parents come along with the, with the yes. kid and, and start uh, negotiating the salary and so forth. I mean, I've got parents calling me up to, to send the, can, the kid's resume to me and right. interviewing me before they send the kid's resume and letting the, letting the kid do it. And guess what? The kids are in the mid-20s. You know, they call those helicopter parents because they sort of hover around. Yeah, that's what we've done <laughs> to these kids. It's like we've, so these kids now, they get finally to go out in the world because, you know, we don't really kind of teach them how to get out there in the world, by the way. We've, been, we've kind of overprotected them and said, okay, now will you finally leave, okay? Right. And then they get out there, and they're looking at us, and they're going, wait, you're supposed to be protecting us, but yet you're going to be like uh, your boss. And then they get to be the bosses over us, and then it's kind of like revenge. <sighs> I, I'm sorry. I'm not anti the kids. I really not. I really blame us, the parents, for this. Not the because we, so your, your argument is that we called them too much and we're just gonna just pat the Peter Price one day. I'm I mean we're seeing it really. I mean God, you know we. It's like for example, I keep let's talk about the environment right now, okay? Mm. Financial environment, and you talk about all these people, these houses crashing and everything else. Right. And you keep hearing about all these houses that got built and then purchased, and I kept wondering who's buying these houses, because it sure isn't these kids. Hmm. And it's like most of these it was mostly parents like me buying second houses for investment purposes. Right. And now they're being crashing and burning, and now the kids are still at home living with mommy and daddy. And by the way, you no, know, I grew up. I when I was living with mommy and daddy for a very short period, very short. I had to give mommy and daddy a portion of my check. Sure. A lot of these kids aren't doing that. Hmm. 
you know, I, it's like we've overcome. We've kind of like we, we're kind of like we um we're trying to make sure that we are not like our parents, as strict as those those really great boomy boomers were, you know. So we're not going to be like our parents, and we're going to start giving. We kind of like gave them everything. So what ends up happening? They have all these toys and in, in the internet. They have all of this stuff. But have you ever noticed? I was watching this on. Forgive my rambling, but I was watching this on TV the other day too. It was on the Today, Good Morning America Today Show or whatever, and they were yeah. talking about these kids and using the telephone for SMS messaging. Right, I've seen that, and they do it so much that they can't talk to people um, in, in real life. No, they, I mean, yeah, in fact, this married couple were sitting down next to each other. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. They were on the couch next to each other, and they were still texting, you know, they were sitting right next to each other. That was bizarre. Yeah, and I remember when they tried to go ahead and ban them for, for a week, and they couldn't even go through with it? They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do, and they didn't even know how to talk to each other. I looked at that, and I wondered, how do they have sex? <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's, maybe this is the wrong form, wrong form for that, but I was thinking that when I looked at it because I saw that I saw the same report. And I'm thinking like, how do they have sex? I mean, they just, you know, uh, hey baby, let's text it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? You know, the thing is that brings us back to why I believe they're scared of us. They don't know how to communicate with us. That well, that segment went a lot longer than I complained. <laughs> I apologize, but this is kind of like something that I've kind of got a little bit of a contention with because these young kids are coming in. They have a very poor communication skills. They really do. I mean, in fact, they also have very pure, poor math and writing. And um, This was based upon the education board. They were, did some surveys with employers, and they said that the kids coming out of college nowadays. Oh, yeah, with the MBA, MBA students, you know, yeah. you get to retrain them sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like just remedial math and English skills. Right, And right. then I what was that. also ironic, yes, more kids are going to school, but get this, 80% or, less or more are not graduating within seven or eight years. Are right, we painting a very doom and gloom picture. Let's let's go from doom and gloom to a little bit sleazy. Okay. <laughs> Since we're heading down this road, might as well just go all the way. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you were telling me earlier about... Um, well, I'll start off this round. Um, I were I was working with uh, with someone, mm-hmm. and um, something very disturbing came across their desk. Mm-hmm. It seems that someone had impersonated this recruiter, and started contacting candidates uh, as if they were that particular recruiter, Ooh. because this other recruiter. Uh, worked for a very reputable company, mm-hmm. and whereas this other person, I assume as a recruiter, worked for a no-name brand agency or something. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to impersonate recruiters from a Fortune 100 company so they can get a higher caliber of candidate to call them back, to call mm-hmm. them back. And the only way this, can, this uh, recruit, my recruiter friend found out about it was that the candidate um, had a relationship with the uh, recruiter and say, hey, this doesn't sound like you, you know. Is, did you send me this? They're like, what? And now it's up to the lawyers to figure out the rest of it. But um, I thought, man, that is that is beyond recruitment sleazy, man. That's a whole new low to impersonate a recruiter from another company just because, you know, your agency is not known or something. Uh, have you heard, ever heard anything that sleazy before? Can you beat that? Oh, yeah. I mean, this reminds me of a similar story, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this person hates me, and I, probably because of the comment I said after, which I might have deserved. Who hates you? Oh, she hates me. Okay, Nobody person, hates I you. I can't mention any names, okay? Mm-hmm. But this particular individual, and I had written on a particular network that I have never, ever lied in recruiting. Right. 
No, I'm going to have to take that back. I tried once, and I actually did call back the person and said I lied. Oh, so, so, you tell, really so you're telling me... You, that's true. Okay. So you're telling me you had the cigarette, but you didn't inhale. Oh, no. <laughs> I tried to lie. And when I was trying to lie, because somebody told me how to do it, you know? Right. And I tried, and I was like... And the woman knew I was lying, right? Yeah. And I hung up, and I felt so guilty. So I ended up saying, calling them back and apologizing for lying. See, that's that good Catholic upbringing. Really? And you know this is true. You know this is true. That's it. That good Catholic upbringing. That's the fact. Extra guilt on the side. Jeff would actually know that I would do this. Okay. Extra well, anyways, guilt. So this woman, she calls me. She sees this. Well, she said, I don't believe you've never lied in recruiting. You've been doing it for over 10 years. No way. And I said, well, I've never, ever done so. Mm. And they said to me, oh, really? And then they went on to tell me some of the things that they've done. One of them that sticks out in my mind is that this is a complicated story, so try to follow me, okay? Okay. They called up a particular company, pretend, okay, company A, right? Mm. Pretending to be Jane Doe from Company B. Okay. And so they said, hey, we need you to send over the employee list to me. Um, go ahead and send it to my email address. Okay. Wow. Company A says, okay, this was Jane Doe from Company B. So then she goes ahead and she calls real Jane Doe at Company B and said, hey, Company A is going to be sending you an employment list, a list, okay? Then my email is down. Can you send it to me in about 20 minutes? No. I was like, when I said, now this is what I said, this is why she hates me. About That's me. not true. This is true story. That's not true. This is absolutely, I can't, I can't name the names, but she even mentioned the names. That's okay? not true. I was like absolutely shy. I said, they didn't ask what this was about, and this girl said no. But I, she said, I just told them to go ahead. And I said, did you know this woman, Jane Doe, a company? She said, no, not really. I just knew of her, and. She knew of me, okay? I was like, okay, whatever. So anyways, I just got flabbergasted, and then I, I was quiet, and then I said, I can't believe you sleep at night. Wow. Since then, she hasn't been too happy with me. Cause, I mean, okay, you dropped me. You dropped me on that one. All right, all right. That was that was kind of wild. That was, I was just absolutely, but that's not the worst I ever heard. That's not the worst. How can no. you beat that one? Third-party recruiters. There is a particular company. It's one of my nemesis, okay, recruiter nemesis, not one of my friendly competitors, okay? All right. This particular company, what they would do, if you, you know, let's say you decided to take this job and they're all, they're all excited, right? All right. And then turn around and say, no, I'm going to stay with my company. I've decided I just want to stay. No counteroffer, nothing like that. You just decide to stay. They will turn around and call your boss and say you were looking so that they'd fire you, so you'd have to take the job with them. What? And then give them your their replacement. What? I know two people directly who that has happened to. Wait, rewind that. So they interview a candidate. Mm -hmm. They tell the, the candidate's present employer that, they, uh, that the candidate is looking for a job. They get fired. They didn't take that fire candidate, put him on a new um, place. They only do it if the candidate says decides not to take the job. Oh, so, the so they sabotage. Says, oh, that's oh, that's ugly. So the candidate says, "No, I decided not to take the job." That's what they end up doing. That's ugly. 
It really is. Ooh, that's ugly. I know two people it happened to. I don't know if they do it anymore, but this I know two people it directly happened to. Ouch. I could not believe it. One of my clients is the one who told me about it happening to them, okay? So I knew it was from a good source, okay? And they, cause I, I was asking how come they never use these particular guys, okay? And that's why I'm not, I'm not mentioning region or anything like that because it could be any of millions of recorders, okay? Yeah. And that's because of ethic, ethical reasons, okay? Right. I, I mean, I was absolutely flabbergasted. I mean, I know for a fact, too, these same guys, let me tell you what they did to me. They were actually going ahead and calling into companies that they had relationships with and paying people from my resumes that I submitted. Because, I mean, what was so strange, I mean, it was kind of ironic. Now, you know that I can get paranoid sometimes, right? Just a little bit. Okay. So what was happening is I was getting paranoid. Why is it and how is it that my candidates that I'm cold call recruiting, we're right. talking 100% passive. Right. Within like a couple hours after submittals to certain companies, they're getting calls from these guys. It was like these guys were always one step right behind me. And even these candidates were freaking out. Weird. I mean, the candidates were asking me, do you know, how did these guys get my name, et cetera, et cetera, right? right. These guys knew everything about them when they were calling them up, right? So what I did is, is how I busted them. I created... My, I got my husband's resume, put a phony name and my my lawyer's telephone number on it, mm-hmm. and started sending it out. <laughs> they call my lawyer. And the lawyer had some choice words for them, I'm sure. Yeah, he busted. Well, it was a bit expensive to do this, by the way, but um, but it's like basically he's cease and desist, busted, you're busted. Wow. But it was like, I mean, that was the only way that I could actually definitely prove you know, I mean, it was getting my husband's resume and tweaking it up, putting a phony name on it, the whole deal. And it worked. This has been an increasingly uh, interesting conversation here, but we got to bring it to a close. Oh, I mean, when you're going to have me back on, I want to come back soon. I promise you, please, please. I will. I will. Yeah. I promise. I promise. I promise. I am having withdrawals. <laughs> And especially since I'm going to stop smoking again. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that publicly because, uh, you know, we should take bets. Oh, don't. You know, I'm going to take bets. If yeah. anybody want to bet me that she can quit smoking, uh, let me know. I'll give you We're good doing a odds. wager on this now? I'll give you, I'll give you good odds because I know I won't lose. <laughs> no, Look, you know I start. I just started again in March, right? Yeah. Okay. This is not. I don't want to make a sucker bet because mm-hmm. I can't. But okay, okay, make a bet. Make it a wager. Yeah. Okay. All right. If, uh, let's do Okay. If you can't stop smoking between now and tomorrow. No, no. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I have, I'm on a. I'm, I'm on a plan. I'm using a particular medication. Sorry. So I have to give it out. For they have this thing out where you can get a shot, and it's supposed to be like done. No, this is hair. I'm on this medication, and you have to follow a specific plan of X amount of days. You should, I've been hearing anything about this. You take a shot, and you stop smoking, and you're done. I would love to know about that shot. Give me the shot. Yeah, well, if, if, I, if I, next time I hear the commercial. Okay, you know. I, okay, because I just know about the pill. I'm taking a pill right now, okay? It's an actual pill. And so it's a new one for me. I tried the patch. Didn't work. You know, didn't live, last too long. But buy, some, buy some chewing gum. I got that too, by the way. Yeah. I was doing patch and chewing gum. That's how bad it was. Oh gosh! It All was right. that bad. Let's take this. Let's take this off off the lounge. Uh, 
if you have any questions or comments or anything you want to add to the, the lounge or perhaps be a guest or you have any uh, subject that you'd like us to approach, by all means, drop uh, drop us an email. You can send me an email at Jim Stroud, that's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D, at JimStroud.com. You can also catch Karen at the same email address. Any uh, final words as we uh, get out of the lounge here? Yeah, actually, you know what? Next time we have a talk, we're going to talk about discrimination and smoking. Discrimination and what? And smoking. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I'll say goodbye. Goodbye, Karen. All right, goodbye. Well, that's it for this show. You've been a wonderful audience. If you like what you heard, love what you heard, or <laughs> just plain hate what you just heard, uh, let me know. Your feedback matters. You can reach me through my website at jimstroud.com slash podcast. That's J-I-M-S-T-R-O-U-D dot com slash podcast. So until next time, I'm Jim Stroud, and you're not. Radio, radio, radio Innovative audio on demand. And so this ends this edition of the Retro Lounge, home of classic episodes of the Recruiter's Lounge podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe now so you don't miss a future episode. Okay, cool. Until next time, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!